there is something strange occurring in America's national parks, and in these spin-off episodes of Spooky Island Radio, I will attempt to find out what. Missing 411 cases? Check. Bigfoot stories? Check. UFO encounters and more? Check. So join me once a month where I will delve into people's true encounters. Like I said, something strange is occurring in America's national parks. Welcome to the Missing 411 Spooky Island Radio Case Files. Right, welcome back everyone. Um, it's been such a while since I've uh, uploaded an episode. Um, hope you've all been doing well. Um, I just had to take some time off for a bit. Sometimes, you know, you run yourself, stretch yourself too thin, um, you know, trying to become a vet nurse, all my college work, plus I'm in full-time work as well. Um, yeah, I just needed a bit of time off of social media and a bit of time off of podcasting. Um, but I always had the intention of coming back, um, and now I am back. Um, so going forward, every two weeks, there will be either a Missing 411 episode, like uh, the episode today, spoiler, um, or a full episode of Spooky on Radio, which itself is going to have a few changes, um, but nothing too drastic. The heart of my Spooky on Radio episodes will still be there. Also, leading up to Christmas, if I have time, um, I'll be posting some extra episodes and videos, um, well, I say videos, I'm going to try, uh, it's so difficult, I'm trying to learn how to do videos, how to record it is like the main issue with sound, so I can just, I don't want to be adding too much onto my workload, um, if I can't do it, it will just stay as a as a sound recording podcast, um, but if I can, I might get some bits for Christmas off family members, who knows, Um get the setup sorted um then yeah we i will be going onto youtube as well because i've had some people say they like to watch it as well as listen to the episode um so bear with me um i'll try try and get the video going at some point probably be in the new year um but we'll see how we go um also so today is a spook uh missing four in one case um, and in two weeks it'll be a full episode of Spooky on Radio um, and that sort of takes us up to about Christmas time um, so what I might do is I might record a couple of special episodes um, basically my idea is to find some spooky Christmas stories um, and sort of tell them around a campfire so that you can listen to them I'll probably try and um, release them around Christmas so either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day so Wherever you are, you can hear my voice because, you know, who wouldn't want to hear this voice? Um, And once the video is sorted, hopefully I'm going to do some silly videos for my YouTube of me playing through horror games and just shitting myself constantly. So, yeah. So there's a lot to look forward to. um, And, yeah, I am back uh, doing regular uploads. So I know you're here to hear about strange and mysterious occurrences in America's national parks, and today hopefully I won't disappoint. So I'm taking a bit of a deep dive into one of the most notoriously worst kept secrets, and that is Area 51. Now, 
I know Area 51 itself isn't obviously a national park, um, but it's in the Nevada desert. Um, I think there is a... It has got a specific name. There is a, there is a national park that I just can't remember it. I haven't got it to hand. Um, but the reason I'm doing an episode, maybe two, on this is um, because one of the possible... If we're sort of... Uh, thinking that the misinformed one it does happen like um what is causing it one of the theories is that ufos and extraterrestrials are taking people that's how they disappear without a trace um and yeah of course area 51 is renowned to be where the u.s government um keeps the aliens that they've captured or the sources so i wanted to just do a bit of a deep dive into Area 51 and Nevada. Um, and yeah, that's sort of how it links into the Missing 411 episode. So, got a couple of stories about missing people and then just some really strange occurrences um, in and around Las Vegas. Um, so, let's get straight into it. So, let's start at the beginning for those of you who may be not so familiar with Area 51. So Area 51 is a not-so-secret US Air Force military installation located at Groom Lake in Southern Nevada. Um, the installation has been the focus of numerous conspiracies involving extraterrestrial life, although its only, com its only confirmed use is as a flight testing facility for the US government. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, that's its only confirmed... <laughs> The US government made me laugh a little bit, but yeah, everyone knows something's got to be going on there. Um, but for years, there has been speculation about the installation itself, um, especially amid growing reports of UFO sightings in the area. Um, the site became known as Area 51, and conspiracy theories gained support in the late 1980s when a man alleging to have worked at the installation claimed that the government was examining recovered alien spacecrafts. Um, so let's talk a little bit about him, and his name is Bob Lazar. So what I'm about to read is from a website um, where I've done a bit of research, and I will link it in the episode description so you can go on and have a read as well. Um, but Lazar surfaced publicly in 1989 when he was interviewed by a former colleague, George Knapp, um, of a, a known reporter for, for a sort of TV station in Las Vegas. Um, and at first, Lazar spoke only in silhouette, silhouette, can get my words out, and used the pseudonym Dennis. Later, he came forward under his own name and with no disguise. Now, Lazar's claims were fantastic, that the US government had in its possession nine crashed or captive spacecraft from another world, at least one of them was actually shaped like a saucer. Lazar claimed he'd been part of a team hired by the government to reverse engineer the craft, which would unlock for American scientists um, the proposition um, and sort of a pathway to the stars and to travel interstellarly. So, um, oh, actually, I think it gets a bit more into it. Wait a second. So, while publicly surrounded, the publicity surrounding Lazar's amazing claims literally put Area 51 on the map. It also shone a spotlight on himself, and it wasn't long before people started picking apart his story. 
So places where the Tsar claimed to have gone to college, so Caltech and MIT, people were sort of asking questions, you know, about Bob Lazar, and they were saying, oh, he said he came here to college, and both of these places said they'd never heard of him. So it's got all the ingredients so far of a conspiracy. So secret underground lab, where there is apparently aliens and spacecrafts. And it's almost like it all just like snowballs. So you've got those things and then all of a sudden people start asking where he went to college. And I suppose the conspiracy is that the government is trying to like erase his memory from the public. Um, So yeah, I mean, again, you have to have your tinfoil hats on for these episodes. Um, But I mean, from my reading and watching of interviews... Um, with Lazar, he seems to be quite credible. Um, there was detailing of what actually went on at the facility and others um, did come forward and back up his claims. Um, so he claims to have worked at a site called S4 or Site 4, which was adjacent to the main Area 51 site, where he also spoke about an element that was called Element 115, which he said was used in these crafts to manipulate gravity which he stated explained why UFOs can perform these crazy manoeuvres. He sort of goes into a bit more depth, saying there's these... Each site was basically a different underground silo, and they were sort of only privy to what they were being asked to do in their silo or lab or whatever it was. Um, And there was multiple of these dotted about. He also said that there was an underground hangar holding nine crafts that the US government had recovered. Um, So there is a documentary called Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers. Um, So I actually watched this the other night. I uh, took out a free free trial on Amazon Prime um, to watch the documentary. Obviously cancelled it straight away. Um, But it was quite good. I mean... I did fall asleep twice during it because it was Sunday night and I was knackered. Um, I was cream crackered, you know, been working. And I did have to rewind it a couple of times. (laughs) I think Mark said I was snoring. But yeah, that's a different thing. It wasn't because of the documentary. I was just absolutely wankered. Not wankered, knackered. Um, It was really good, though. And even Mark said it was quite good. It's interesting listening to him talk about these different elements that that they discovered um and it's sort of like there's no financial gain for him i suppose he probably has made money from it but with you know he's been sort of penalized throughout the rest of his life and sort of an outcast um because of coming forward so it's like what does he stand to gain from it and he's you can obviously tell he's really clever um, but I would, yeah, I would definitely say go watch it um, if you're interested in all that sort of stuff. And if you listen to my podcast, then obviously you're interested in all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a really good, really good documentary. Don't let the fact I fell asleep twice hinder what you think of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, this episode might end up being a two-parter as there's just so much mystery and intrigue surrounding the area, um, the subject area, sorry, of Area 51. And uh, also the ramifications for the missing 411 as extraterrestrials have been suspected as one of the aspects, one of the the, um, culprits of the missing 411 phenomenon.
but also it shows a government cover-up and a knowing that something is going on, but they're not telling people, which is similar to what we see with some of the missing 411 stories where, uh, like, I can't remember what her name was, but she went missing for two weeks saying these men were, were following her, hunting her, and she she finally made it out, and they, they sort of hushed it under the carpet. They didn't want her to speak about it because does the government know that there are these wild men in the woods taking people? So, again... We don't really trust the government here. And that's not just the US government. I do not trust a conservative as far as I can throw them. Um, which ain't very far. Uh, anyway, rambling on now. So let's jump into a missing person story from the area. Um, and that is the disappearance of Kenny Veach. On November 10th, 2014, Kenny Lee Veach set out to rediscover a strange cave called the M Cave. As it was in the shape of an M and he had found that he had found on a desert hike a few months before. The cave was in a place called the Sheep Mountains, 40 miles north of Las Vegas and south of the infamous Area 51 military base. Despite warnings not to go back to locate the cave by a poster on an online forum, he headed out on his third trip to try and find the mysterious place once again. On his first encounter with the cave, his body had, according to Kenny, Experienced weird, experienced weird sensations. He has not been seen since, despite many searches by amateur explorers. Only his cell phone was found near a main entrance um, by official searchers. So, what happened to Kenny? Did he fall down a mine shaft? Was he taken by the military by the camo dudes? Or did he commit suicide? Um, it's a difficult one. Kenny... Kenny remains missing nearly 20 years later and little has been found apart from his cell phone um, despite many searches by amateur sleuths. And yeah, just a little side note, um, I mentioned camo dudes there. Um, I saw this video of these two bikers going down a dirt road and this black car drives in the opposite direction past them and then turns around and chases them and they stop and it's these guys, these obviously military guys in camouflage suits with guns. And they're literally holding these people up at gunpoint saying you need to leave now, blah, blah, blah. So that's what I mean by camo dudes. They're basically, I think there's multiple videos. You go on YouTube and type in someone around Area 51. It's, they're always watching. That's That's what makes it creepy. And that's what... You know, had he gone somewhere he shouldn't have, this Kenny Veach, and the government was tracking him, so they knew he was going to go back. You know, why did they only find his phone? Like, they dropped his phone by, by a mine shaft. You know, to me, that says, set up. Um, but yeah, let's carry on. So, who was Kenny Veach? So, he was an experienced solar hiker and spent much of his free time exploring... Um, Mojave and the Great Basin Deserts in Nevada and California. Um, he went alone on most of these trips, camping out for several days, with minimum supplies and without GPS, compass or even maps. On some occasions he was accompanied by his girlfriend, but not very often. Now, Kenny was not new to desert hiking, and he had claimed to have hiked extensively in the Mojave Desert area even leaving several YouTube comments on the Area 51 video detailing his experience, he posted, I solo hiked across mountaintops that most people wouldn't dare go. I've been in more caves than I can count, 
I played with rattlesnakes for fun, but this one particular cave was beyond anything I had ever encountered. So, after his first trip, he must have been on some kind of forum and posted the following about what the mysterious M cave was. So in June 2014, he left a comment on a video called Son of an Area 51 Technician, stating, That ain't nothing. I am a long-distance hiker. One time during one of my hikes out by Neil's Air Force Base, I found a hidden cave. The entrance to the cave was shaped like a perfect capital M. I always enter every cave I find, but as I began to enter this particular cave, my whole body began to vibrate. The closer I got to the cave entrance, the worse the vibrating became. Suddenly I became very scared and hightailed it out of there. That was one of the strangest things that ever happened to me. And less than six months after posting this, he would disappear off the face of the earth forever. A substantial search was launched after Kenny's girlfriend, Sharon, um, reported him missing. Red Rock Search and Rescue Commander Dave Cummings told News 3 in Las Vegas, We found his cell phone close to a very vertical old mineshaft, and we can't find another trail. It doesn't mean he's down the mineshaft, but we have tracked him as far as we can. We are now having our other crews come in for other search areas. So the cell phone was located on November 22nd, 2014. Now, there are many theories surrounding his disappearance from suicide to falling down a mine shaft, even though a body was never found. I mean, would you not, the next logical step is to set up some kind of apparatus to go down the mine shaft to see if there's a body at the bottom? I don't know, but each their own. Maybe they didn't want to look, or maybe they had him elsewhere. What I wonder is, had Kenny discovered a hidden entrance to Area 51 with this strange effect on his body caused um, by classified military tech? And the government were keeping tabs on him and knew that he was going back to find the M-Cave. Some theorised that covert black ops and the military took Kenny out as he had discovered something he shouldn't have. Um, I think that's roughly where I stand on it as well. So he's never found. Um, he was an experienced desert hiker. Um, the government, if they were tracking him from the first time he went there, knew he was going back. So, I think something dodgy is happening. Um, and yeah, so, that's his story. Um, there is a mockumentary, horror, Blair Witchy type film, um, loosely based around his appearance. I am going to watch it. It's called, um, uh, Horror in the High Desert, that's what it's called. And you can just watch it for free on YouTube. Um, so I might do that later tonight after recording this while I'm editing. Um, but it is basically loose to wrap. Um, what's, what am I trying to say? It is basically based on his disappearance. Very loosely. And that's what I'm trying to say. So from one strange disappearance to a place nicknamed Nevada Triangle. And the disappearance of Steve Fawcett. It was an early Monday morning in September 2007 in the small town of Smith Valley, Nevada. Multi-millionaire and record-breaking aviator Steve Fawcett is preparing to launch from his friend Baron Hilton's airstrip just north of his gateway property, or the Flying M Ranch. Means nothing to me, um, but he's basically, yeah. Fawcett tells a few of his friends and his wife that he'll be back before lunch 
after a nice cruise through the clear morning air. He hops into Hilton's um he hops into Hilton's Belanca Super Decathlon stunt plane and takes off, whatever that means. Um a fast plane I imagine. Um Fawcett didn't plan to be gone long, so he wore a white t shirt, sweatpants and sneakers, leaving behind his cell phone and GPS tracker. What Fawcett didn't realise at the time was that this would be the last time anybody would see him alive. After a few hours, his wife began to worry, and in 2002, Fawcett had broken a number of uh, aviation records, which included being the first man to successfully pilot a balloon around the entire Earth. Later that afternoon, he was reported missing um, to local authorities, and they immediately sent out several search crews. So this is a guy who's very experienced... Um, a very experienced flyer. I mean, I don't know if it goes on to say it, I can't remember. Um, but he flew planes, he he did do a lot, so he he was an experienced he was experienced in aviation and he just didn't come back. So later that afternoon, dozens of rescue crews and friends of Fawcett, um, including former astronaut uh, Neil Armstrong, um and Virgin CEO Richard Branson helped with the search. Probably got in one of his balloons. Um and, but by this time, rumours began circulating about his strange disappearance. That was the sound of Lizzie's food dispenser, so I apologise that that I might keep that in, who knows. Um, <laughs> it was quite funny, but she hasn't come running for it. Way to break the mood, Lizzie. Right, so, here she comes. So, yeah, rumours began circulating about his strange disappearance. From fables of him sailing away in the Pacific, to him purposefully avoiding the stress of his current business ventures and the public began to question the delay in locating the plane and the man himself. The entire search was a total came to around a total cost of $1.6 million, which I feel bad because, like, you know, he was a hot shot, so we got all this money spent on his search, but when all these little kids go missing in the national parks, there's nowhere near that amount of money spent, but, you know, it is what it is. Um... So, yeah, so a hiker found... Uh, so, in late September of 2008, a hiker found pieces of identification cards and wads of cash at Ritter Ridge, an area of the Sierra Nevada mountains just outside of Mammoth Lakes. This area is exactly 65 miles from the M Ranch where Fawcett had taken off, and it had been reported that all of the planes and helicopters that were used for the aerial search... Um, said that basically this area of the park had been covered. Um, now that is a link with the missing former one, isn't it? So it's somebody disappears. Um, I know it was a guy in a plane this time, not just a person. Um, but an area has been searched many times and then all of a sudden a body or evidence is found where it's been searched. Um, Throughout that year, aerial search crews were able to identify hundreds of crash sites throughout the area and document the crashes that were yet to have been documented or even known about, and it is estimated that around 2,000 crash sites have been discovered in the Nevada Triangle since the 1960s. So, is there some kind of secret government research lab in this area? Um, you know, it's like, you know, he was an experienced flyer and somehow went down and um, from my research apparently there is certain updrafts and wind currents and stuff that they theorize brings these planes down um but yeah i mean 
is there some sort of weapon that the government are working on or um, you know the guy who went missing who I previously spoke about and those strange vibrations um, as he entered the cave um, you know is is something else going on um, element 115 that they were working on um, said Bob Lazar in um, in Area 51 manipulates gravity so could something be going on there where they're testing out some sort of new element or new craft that emits some sort of EMP almost that takes planes down who knows or you know the, the, the gravity is manipulated and it affects planes that aren't fitted with it in a certain way I don't know obviously we're just theorising here I'm just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, but, you know, there is something strange going on um, in that area of the world. So that's two missing persons cases. One obviously resolved. Um, and, yeah, a bit of bit about Bob Lazar. So there is something strange going on there. Um, I think you'll all agree. Um, so now for just a little bit of a palate cleanser towards the end of the episode... Um, from the missing persons cases and just give you all or give y'all um some context as to the extraterrestrial encounters in nevada um and a specific encounter on the evening of the 31st 31st of may 2023 so i found a couple of chilling encounters from various newspapers of people describing terrifying encounters in this area with something otherworldly especially this first one i mean I didn't get a date on the first one, but from the sounds of it, I think it's all one um, big event. Um, So, a Las Vegas resident, this is from a newspaper article, um, a Las Vegas resident incident captured, a recent incident captured on body cam footage, I can't read my own writing sometimes, um, from the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department showed a suspected UFO traversing the night sky followed by a resident reporting the presence of something that was 100% not human on his property. So the object caused a flash, um, which was apparently reported and noticed as far as California. Um, Yeah, so big flash, um, object flying through the sky. Um, Approximately 39 minutes later... Another individual resident near Area 51 made a chilling call to 911, describing two unknown entities in their backyard after witnessing a similar object descend from the sky. The resident claimed that one entity was approximately 8 feet tall and mentioned the the presence of large eyes and a big mouth, asserting that these beings were unmistakably alien. The homeowner expressed genuine fear, emphasising that this was not a joke and that they were truly terrified. Um, So yeah, so upon further investigation of this incident, I found a young man who also saw something similar that night. And hopefully he created a YouTube video um, and sort of collaborated other people's footage from that same night. So ring camera footage, um, police body cam, that sort of thing. Um, And it is a very strange video. You can definitely see um, some sort of blue circular object moving through the sky. Then there's a giant flash. And in some of the videos, there's like a bang, like something's exploded or something's been hit. 
and it then drops to the ground. So what makes this such a credible experience is that all the different um, types of foot video footage this, this guy put together, it's all the same thing happening, but from different angles. Um, and yeah, then for someone, uh, I, I will link again, I will link the video if I can find it again in the show description. Um, so you can watch it yourself, but it's very convincing. It's very, very convincing. Um, and, you know, they were taken from all over the town. It's, it's crazy. Um, and yeah, then for someone to report these two otherworldly beings that were 100% not human, to quote them, in their back garden after this had happened. What is going on over there? Um, it's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. So, yeah, that's my latest Missing 411 episode. Not so much a Missing 411, just, you know, apparently UFOs. I mean, even uh, David Politis did uh, a documentary called The UFO Connection, which is very good. I recommend going and watching it. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I know I enjoyed it. Because, um, yeah, this is one of his theories. Um, so I just thought it was good that we get a bit of a backstory of Area 51. Um, and yeah, like I said, go watch Bob Lazar's uh, documentary on, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, because it's really good as well. So that's it for today, guys. Um, hope you've all enjoyed my first episode back. Um, and yeah, don't forget, I've got quite a good back catalogue of these episodes now. Uh, so go listen and catch up if you haven't heard all of them. Um, in two weeks time I will have a full episode of Spooky Island Radio to listen out for um, and like I said close to Christmas I may release some specials um, with other podcasts maybe I've had someone get in touch already and they know who they are um, so that should be fun um, and like I said maybe some sort of horror Christmas stories um, that I'll release on Christmas Eve um, so you can feel like you're in the good old Victorian days because that's where it all originated from um, so yeah, please, I've been getting more and more um, reviews on Spotify, Apple Music. Please like, um, you don't have to write anything, just give me a five-star review. It really helps me find new listeners and bring them in onto Spooky Island. Um, so yeah, bear with me as well with the video, I will try and get it sorted. Um, but yeah, hope you have a great couple of weeks um, and I will catch you on the flippity flip. Bye.